Hi. Welcome to KC Sports Network's newest show, Only Normal Games, where cool and fun things happen, Travis Kelsey plays, and the Chiefs always win. I'm Joshua Briscoe. With Seth Kaiser, we're going to talk about some normal games today. Hold on a second. Let me check my notes. Look at the name of the show. Oh, God. You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of Only Weird Games, formerly known as Time's Ours. It is myself, Joshua Briscoe, and that man on that side, Seth Kaiser, here with you. Nate Taylor will join us uh, hopefully in the last act or so of the show, given the fact that today's a Thursday or excuse me, a Friday show for a Thursday game, as opposed to our usual Thursday schedule. Nate's not here. Now, that shouldn't be a pattern as the uh, the season rolls on. We're going to try to keep the band together as much as we can. But, uh, Seth, I... We named the show this. We named the show Only Weird Games. It was, it was a term coined by those early days of Times R's where we learned that the Chiefs could not play normal football. Yes. And... And even I, even I, a lover of only weird games, both the show and the concept, even I didn't see that one coming. I, you know, I'm going to start the sunny side up. How about that? Sure. Okay, great. It is still genuinely shocking to me when the Chiefs actually lose a game. And that was comforting. Yeah. That was, um... The word Ross is going to get typed so many times, dude. Um, that is, it, it's just weird. No matter what happens in a game, you continually think, man, I'm going to be upset after this game that will it be a win. But man, it'll be, it'll have some concerns. And then when, when, when the scoreboard, you know, hits zero, the clock hits zero and they're losing, you're like, well, I didn't think that would happen. And yes. that's, it's just like, it's just so surprising. Like, like when, like just little things, just little, little things like you're facing third and short, you know, and you get them to jump into the neutral zone. I anticipate that that professional footballer, Joe Tooney, who's a robot, put his hands on the guy. Ha <laughs> ha. You jumped first down. How many times have we seen that? We've seen it so many times. Or professional footballer Creed Humphrey will snap the ball. Or, like, when the ball... Or professional quarterback sneaker Blake Bell will goose him. I don't care. Like, something. something anything. Or, or just anything. Or, like, when, when Mahomes threw to Kadarius Toney on first down on that last drive, as the ball was in the air, and I don't know how fast people think or don't think, but my thought process, and I went through all this in my head, was, Okay, so they're going to want to make sure to slow it down a little bit here so they kick the game-winning field goal with time running out as opposed to... Like, that was everything going through my head. The idea that he would drop it didn't even occur to me, which is funny considering the game. But I, I just... If that's any comfort to Chiefs fans, just remember, and I said this to my wife, my my my, my scintillatingly hot wife, Jazz, as I as we were, we 
That's going to be a weird one for new audience members. Oh, yeah. Too, yeah but yeah. it's just, just hey, everybody, just pretend it's not weird. That's what we've been doing yeah, for four years. it's now. not weird, the, the Seth Kaiser experience. So <laughs> I, I said to her, like, man, I'm not used to this. And she's like, well, no, they hardly ever lose. She said, even when I was watching the game, man, they were dropping a lot of passes. Let me tell you, Chiefs, if Jazz Kaiser is noting how many passes you're dropping, it's bad. So I just like I don't even know where to start, honestly, other than to give Chiefs fans hope that was an incredibly weird game. I counted I, I well, the first thing I wrote about, I what what's the term I used? I think I used sabotaged yeah. as <laughs> as the opening line in, in the first article I wrote about it. And that was just about Kadarius Tony and Sky Moore. In which, by the way, I saw this I saw a great meme where there was um, Sky Moore just lying peacefully in a bed as a baby. And the, the idea, like, a baby lying peacefully in a bed and a person standing in front of him taking all these arrows, and it was Sky Moore's crappy day, like, in the bed, and Kadarius Tony's crappy day. Because let me tell you, if we weren't, if it weren't for Kadarius Tony, yep. we wouldn't be talking about Sky Moore today. It just so happened Kadarius Tony had maybe the most devastatingly destructive day for a wide receiver I've ever seen. He literally could have fallen down on, and this is what I wrote, he could have fallen down at the snap of every snap he played, and it would have been significantly better for the Chiefs, and the Chiefs probably win that game. That's mind-blowing. It's genuinely not an exaggeration. I think I've, I've seen this in several different forms. Um, but, like, I think it was Sam Monson from PFF who said, this is the worst graded receiving game we've given to any wide receiver since 2018. And he gave the example of who the 2018 one was, and it was, like, a drop wide open touchdown and a bad route that led to a pick. And it, it, and it feels like it was actually even worse than that. Yeah. I, I have a galaxy brain thing on Sky Moore and, and Kadarius Tony, and the, the two of them in, is sort of moving in different ways, I guess literally and, and more importantly, metaphorically here. But it, it, you say you don't even really know exactly where to start, but I think we have, pun intended, I think we've dropped in on what has to be the place that we started. Because, look, I, I, I tweeted this last night at 2 a.m. from the 8:10, my office at 8:10, just still processing all of these feelings after the postgame show. And I, I tweeted out that I am personally most frustrated by the fact that one of the most beautiful football minds to ever grace this planet still really doesn't have a good grip on the sweet spot for being aggressive with Patrick Mahomes on third and fourth and short in some of those sort of coin toss situations. That personally frustrates me because Andy Reid is one of the greatest to ever do it, and one of the very few parts of NFL head coaching that I feel like I am at least a tiny bit qualified to talk about is one of the things that he's not very good at. It's sort of like, you know, Kadarius Tony being the only wide receiver who got open all day, and then by the time the ball teleported into his yellow-gloved hands, it either went through them, under them, over them, or off them into the hands of the Detroit Lions. So that's my little, like, common thread between the two, yeah. is that it really hurt to watch the Chiefs lose this game because of the, the, the botch layups, even as the more difficult things they're still really good at. The botch, botch layups is a good way of phrasing it. And honestly, I, Andy Reid has had some of the coolest play calls and adjustments on third and fourth and short over the last 10 years. We don't want to do an erasure on, erasure on this that, oh, you know, the, the, the you know, Andy Reid doesn't know how to play call in this. I, I just don't know. 
if he knows how to adjust to it. I don't know. Or maybe like once it becomes a thing, you just start noticing it more because we tend to notice what we're looking for. But just maybe like start calling every play like there's at least three or four yards to go. Like, would you feel better? I know I would feel better if on third and short, the Chiefs lined up in shotgun with four four wide and one guy in the backfield than I do when they line up heavy. I'm like, something terrible is going to happen here. <laughs> and like, and, and that's 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 a bummer because like that Blake Bell sneak that we all hate now, that worked like it. He was called the belldozer. It was unbelievable. I Andy Reid adjusting and then... And then they adjusted it into some tosses in the playoffs. There was some really cool stuff they did. That fullback handoff that never, ever, ever stopped working, it stopped working. And it doesn't help when, on the other side of the league, you see a team that has figured out basically a way to achieve third and one, fourth and one, like 90, I can't say 92%. I don't want to get a cease and desist order, but like (laughs) 98% of the time. And, and, and because it is that high. It never fails. We watch it in the Super Bowl. And I don't understand how, if you're Andy Reid, you don't watch that and say, okay, here's the deal. Even when people know it's coming, if you execute it this way with a big, strong dude, it works. Well, Blake Bell's a big, strong dude. We've got a couple other big, strong dudes. We'll line them up behind him. We're just going to do the tush push. That's that's the sneak. That's the play. Don't even have Patrick Mahomes on the field. And the reason people ask me, well, why does that matter? It matters because numbers are huge when you are like full-fledged 11-on-11, 11 11, just trying to generate a yard. If you're doing that 10-on-11, you're talking an extra, you know, you're, you're, you are missing 250 to 350 pounds. That matters a lot, and it matters about where guys can align, all those things. And so just, just copy a play that works. Andy Reid will do that with any other play. So, But it would be really easy, like, because those are the layups, and I think those are easy to go off. And Andy Reid does a lot of things well. One thing, and I I asked Chiefs fans what they want me to look at next, and because they hate my guts, yep. like 70% of people are like, I really need you to look at the wide receiver routes and check for separation. I'm like, why? Why do I need to look at that? Can't I just look at Felix? He looked pretty good. Like, he did. He looks like he's got some pass rushing juice. But uh, Nate Tice with, with the Athletic Football Show, he's got a great thread you should check out on Twitter. That um, If you like horror movies, you'll oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like that scene in Saw. It's really, but he really, he goes through and there's just snap after snap where you've got, and and Tony has a little more to do with it than he ought to on a few snaps. And Sky Moore has it on a few snaps where you've got guys who are, are line, not lined up incorrectly, but they're, 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 they're running into each other. They're not at correct depths. They're breaking to the same area. Like, uh, Kadarius Tony, one of his worst drops on that third and two, which, by the way, Sky Moore dropped a pass on second and two right before that. Um, You you had him and Richie James. You could see why he dropped it. Like, he got a little flummoxed when, when you know, he had someone running in front of him right now. Yeah, yeah, on the crossers, yeah. Yeah, now that's not an excuse. You're a pro. You got to catch that. But that makes it harder. And Andy Reid's offense has been so well-timed for years that it was weird watching some of those issues with timing and spacing has yes, that that are good i'm sorry i'm just agreeing with you no, that no, 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 i'm not used to it i don't have anything I, to add i just am no, excited that you're going here uh that more than anything else now let me let me just be clear on something oh man andy's lost it no he hasn't that that'll be fine but the fact that it was more and tony 
struggling with that stuff. Those are guys that have been in the system for two years, well, a year and a half for Tony, long enough, uh, especially when you're a veteran. That, to me, way more so than the drops. Because I think you can get past drops. Uh, Tony and Moore have shown at times they've got decent catch radiuses. They've shown good hands on other plays. I would just say that the thing that concerned me more were some of those spacing and timing issues on their routes. And that, to me, more than anything else, I think the way I phrased that, I was talking to uh, some guy named Kent. I don't know. Um, he doesn't seem like he knows ball. Actually, you know what? I love Kent. I can't even do this. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm Kent. Kent. Sorry, buddy. Um, <laughs> but when I said to him, the way I'm, it's like, I'm not pushing the eject button on Moore and Tony and just saying, okay, you know what? Bring in Rice and Ross, see if they can do it better. But that stuff, way more than the drops, has my hand at least, it's just kind of like, you know, my, my hand's just kind of hovering over it, you know, just kind of playing with a pen that's next to it a little bit, maybe readjusting things by it. His, those are more serious to me. I think they'll figure out the drops thing. Tony was just all up in his head by the end of the night. Um, and you could see that. But I think they'll get past that part. But to me, that timing stuff, that's going to matter. Um, especially if you're playing teams that are playing a lot of zone. Let me let me be a Canarius Tony apologist for a second, which I'm not, none of this. Not, please, God, please, everyone listening, watching, just just experiencing this whatever way you are. Please hear me say this first. Kadarius Tony yesterday, had, as we've already covered and clarified, had one of the worst football games in the history of wide receiving. It it was an absolute disaster class. It could not have possibly been, it just could not have been worse. I mean, it just, it was the moment, the, the leverage situations, the actual ways that these drops went in and out of his hands. It was an absolute disaster. Oh. But you know what he looked like to me? He looked like a guy who wasn't there for a holy second of training camp. Like That's a guy who... If you want to say, hey, there's a timing issue with Kadarius Tony, and and I don't think this happened last year, but I don't know, you may remember better. I don't remember him kind of being out of sorts at any point last year, um, seeming out of place in the timing and in the rhythm of everything. And that's what, I mean, the rhythms, timing was just so disjointed. But it was. Tony Tony looks like if, if he had that exact performance in week one of the preseason after not playing and not being in training camp at all, even week two in the preseason, he's like, holy cow, good to get him some reps because that dude needs it. Right. I If he's healthy, I kind of think in week four, five, or six, we're going to remember this game for Kadarius Tony, but it's going to be, wow, remember how worried we all were then? Because things have gotten better. I don't know about Sky Moore, Seth. It's yeah. one game. It's one regular season game. I don't I don't want to eject on a second-year player one game into his second, his second season. I think that's too early. If it's the deal or no deal box, it's got the little, like, glass box over it you know with the button underneath I, I've got like my elbow on that glass little box there still I haven't opened it yet but I'm yeah. just kind of sitting there because for him to look that uncomfortable and unreliable out of position or or just not bringing in asses that were touching his fingers that was rough it's really rough and it's really concerning on a larger more existential level than I think it is for Tony also Canary's Tony I'll, I'll have to pull the snap counts real quick but Canaries Tony did not play very much. But when he was out there, he was targeted or, or was was used in yep. the play. Like legitimately like half of his snaps ended yep. up going to him. Guy Moore was out there all night, and I wouldn't blame anybody for not noticing. 
And that's that is and that's one reason I am gonna go over their snaps and look for separation. It'll be a little bit different than what I think people are expecting because the Lions played like people I respect are saying it was like 70, 80% zone, which is not their usual gig. And maybe, maybe that surprised Reed. I don't know. No, Travis Kelsey will make that happen, I suppose. It, that's very, very true. And like you can't teams can't play 70, 70, 80% of their snaps zone against the Chiefs when tra- Travis Kelsey's on the field. You you cannot play it that way. And also with Juju Smith-Schuster. And this is where the whole you must be this tall to ride the roller coaster thing matters with this whole of, um, I mean, this whole, well, Mahomes doesn't need a great wide receiver room. He's proven that. Doesn't need a great one. Doesn't even need an arguably a good one or maybe even a league average one. But he needs at least a, a, a competent-ish one. One where he can count on people to be where they're supposed to be and catch the passes that come to them. Again, the drops thing, McKinnon dropped one. Bell dropped one. I think Gray dropped one. It was bad. Like, guys were dropping it. You know who didn't, by the way? MVS. Shout out to MVS. But people, I know one thing, people, and I think I saw a couple comments on that. People are going to ask about MVS. Why isn't he getting more targets? Why isn't, why, why, why isn't he, you know, being a bigger part of the offense? Because MVS is a, a very, he's not an elite, but he's a, he's a good to very good deep threat who will run those routes well and can punish teams for playing single high, can run away from man coverage, and drag a safety with him. That's who he is. And that's not a guy that gets 10 targets in a game. It's just not. He doesn't separate at shallow and intermediate levels all that frequently. And he's not a contested catch guy. So that's just not who he is. He's a guy that if he's your wide receiver three, you are in good shape. And that's not just because of like talent level or anything, but it's skill set. And so... it's going to be a bummer. And he looked mad walking to the locker room. And I think maybe he was open a few times that that he didn't get the ball. And but he just, his skill set is not the type that he's going to be your wide receiver one, probably even your wide receiver two. They need someone who can separate at the shallow and intermediate levels against zone and man. They need that. And more from a physical skill set, looks like that he would be that guy, but him being invisible, like you said, like MVS, the targets kind of make sense because of his skill set and role, and, you know, he caught them. He, he had a couple good plays there. That's that's MVS. He's your guy that you're probably going to get maybe seven targets in a game, maybe, but he might make the most of them. Whereas with Moore, he just didn't get targeted much. So I'm I'm concerned, like you said, it is awfully, it's soon to hit the ejection button, but, you know, he got a lot of routes last year, and he's got to start being able to show that he's either earned that trust or that he's running these routes correctly. And maybe it was Tony messing this up every time they, they looked at a rhythm. Sure. But it, it's just tough. And it's also tough when Rasheed Rice, man, after that first drop with Rasheed Rice, but I was like, oh, no. But, I mean, he had a couple catches after that where he looked more comfortable in the offense than you could argue more has. And so it's just, it's got to get figured out. And I'm willing to wait a little bit of time here, but it's... It's just got to get figured out, and that part concerns me more than the drops. Here's a quick snap count thing: is the Chiefs had 65 offensive snaps. Darius Tony played 16 of them, which again, it felt like he was in a play eight times at least, right? 16 snaps for Kadarius Tony, 19 for Justin Watson, 20 for Rasheed Rice, 23 for Richie James, 41 for MVS, 45, and leading the team for Sky Moore. And you're out there for 45, and that's not 45 routes run, but it's more routes run than than uh, run blocking reps. 
And he was out there for 45 snaps, and you just couldn't find him at times. That's that's really concerning. The other upsetting thing is that there was one incredible bright spot that you really would bet on if you uh, you saw the offensive line, how it performed, especially early in the game. You go, hey, give Mahomes all day, and guys are going to separate. I want to know what you thought about how the OL uh, asserted itself, Seth, right after this. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's more fun to be there for live Kansas City Chiefs football. And when you need tickets, Ticketmaster's got you covered. As the official marketplace of the Kansas City Chiefs and the NFL, Ticketmaster gives you more ways to find your perfect seat. Their interactive seat map gives you 360-degree previews of your section to make sure you have the best view of those pivotal plays. And if your plans change, Ticketmaster gives you more flexibility to sell or transfer your tickets. Plus, mobile tickets make getting in on game day a breeze. And you can even customize your Ticketmaster app to wrap your team's colors. Find tickets today at Ticketmaster.com slash Chiefs. I was thrilled with how the offensive line looked, especially early on, Seth. The very last drive of the game, they finally call a false start on Juwan Taylor on what was more of a false start than any of the non-false starts from earlier in the game. That one was, I think, real. You can tell me if I'm wrong. But that one, it felt like might have been a two-step false start for him uh, as opposed to his usual teleportation. And Donovan Smith gets beat to the inside, gets a holding penalty. They had been, in, in pass pro at least, I was very, very excited by the Chiefs' offensive line. I was very, very unexcited by the fact that it didn't matter how much time Mahomes had seemingly. Well, what did you make of the uh, the front five? Um, I thought overall they did pretty well. You could tell Hutchinson's developed in year two. I mean, he looks good out there. I honestly, if you if you go back and watch it, um, and this is another one, actually, Tice broke down at least half the snaps, and you can just watch them one after another there. Um, but they left Taylor on an island a lot against Hutchinson, who's a, who's a good pass rusher. And he gave as good as he got. I think he overall, and people are going to whatever, but a lot of Hutchinson's um, disruptions came in three scenarios, okay? One was he was moved inside, which kind of messed with the Chiefs' protections. 
Um, Trey's not really built to deal with that kind of rusher, especially if they've got someone else to where he's kind of on, where they've got someone else rushing, like kind of from a wide nine spot to where Taylor has to, he can't really help at all. That that puts him too much in space, right? So that was one. The second was when there just was a lot of time. Like that was just, you know, Mahomes looking downfield, isn't liking what he's seen. Um, and the third with a couple of those hits was where Mahomes had, had drifted back which is something that we've talked about in the past. There were a couple of hits there where it's like, you know, Mahomes is 10 yards back, and all Hutch, Hutch has to do is just basically go about, you know, just run diagonal, basically. Um, so, but overall, now Taylor had some rough snaps. I mean, uh, Hutchinson beat him with a nice spin move, but if you watch how Taylor recovered on that, he still gave Mahomes three seconds. Overall, I was fine with Taylor's performance against a really good, like, top-level competition. To me, I was like, no, you're you're good to go there. Mahomes didn't look super comfortable and not though in a way like he looked fine with the offensive line he didn't look like he trusted anything downfield and I don't think that's just well he didn't have his security blanket Travis Kelsey I'm sure that's part of it but I do think the other thing we were just talking about the some of the the issues with spacing and the, the offense overall like again little things not snapping the ball when they've jumped into the neutral zone like little things like that just weren't as sharp as they normally are. And that's at least worth noting. Overall, I was fine with the offensive line's performance. I I don't think um, Collinsworth did the O-line or Jawan Taylor any favors with all the conversation about, you know, like the full starting stuff. Because this is stuff, I mean, I wrote about this weeks ago. Weeks ago. Hey, yeah, people talked about this with Taylor last year and Lane Johnson last year. None of this is new. But suddenly it's like treated like, oh man, the refs are going to just have. No, they're not. This he's too so good at it. He's too good at it. That, he's that, too I mean, good at it. it and he, he moves like a wind up old school toy. You know, there's jitters back kind of. <laughs> like that's just how he moves. And it's it's really weird to see. It's so true. Um, and one thing, um, Duke Mannyweather actually slowed down that false start. And if you watch it in slow mo, he's moving like exactly maybe a one hundredth of a second. Before the ball goes, it's like absolutely new. On the one that got called? On the one that got called. That it, They got me that time then, too. I, I really, I wasn't even worried about that. Well, like, the yeah. problem is the right guard, Trey, did not get a good jump on the snap. So he's moving so much sooner than Trey. The ref's like, what the, the world? And so, <laughs> yeah, so he's called. And it's the entire rest of the line. And and you're going to end up maybe getting that called sometimes. But I don't think it's going to become a bigger thing. Mitch Schwartz used to get accused of false starting all the time, too. And now that never, like, the rest never adjusted for that. And the same also, just on another note, with how far back he was lining up, that's not new either. You can find that in any NFL game for the last, like, 30 years. So that, like, that being made a big deal about, I think, distracted in a sense from the fact that the line overall, I think they did fine. Um, I think there's going to be some growing pains with, with, with the tackles. But honestly... I was fine with him. Even like Donovan Smith, I know he was credited with like seven pressures or so. Overall, I thought he was fine. Like, I mean, I, I don't, I think there'll be some like, like some Orlando Brownish, like, you know, some weeks I think he's going to be worse than Brown was. Some weeks he's going to be about the same. Maybe a few he'll be better. But that's not like this glaring weak spot on the left side. They were leaving them on an island a fair amount just to, I think, kind of see. The whole game felt like the fourth preseason game. Yes. And that's frustrating because it wasn't. (laughs) 
like this matters, you know, in an AFC where some teams probably going to win 14 games. Um, that matters. So it, there's things that can be easily corrected. And I'm trying to learn because when are we ever going to learn? Last year, like five weeks later, they lost to the Colts and looked terrible. Yep. So we know that there's a few of these games. And this one maybe just happened in week one where we're used to the Chiefs dominating. And it was, it was again, it was a very weird game in a bad way, not in a good way. But, like, a lot of these things, like the sloppiness, that, that stuff that we've seen Andy Reid clean up before, I think they do need to figure out, though, what the plan is with the receiver room. Because one thing I don't like what you named there is, like, you've got James taking 23 snaps and Rice taking 20 snaps and Tony taking 16 snaps and Watson taking 19 snaps and Moore taking 45 snaps, and MBS taking 41 snaps. Like, pick a couple guys. Like, interesting. Yeah. Go on. I, I, do, I don't know how you... I, I skipped really, Justin Ross, I think. He got six. Yeah, Justin Ross got six. I, I really do think you need to pick your three or four receivers and play those guys. And it feels like they really are kind of exploring their options there. Um... But I, I just, that I don't like. And I think you are asking for some problems when you are playing six different receivers, relatively large number of snaps. I think that's problematic unless, like say like Tony, those 16 snaps, right? Let's say all of those were kind of those niche snaps, right? Like kind of like the McCole Hardman type role where you're either doing a jet sweep or a tunnel screen or you're running a post down the field. Just something, nothing that was requiring a ton of timing, a ton of, you know, that's fine. That's different. But asking guys to come in and like, oh, okay, well, you're you're going you're gonna to be at the Z this snap and actually like, you know, run some combos and stuff. That's tough when you're not out there that much. And I, I, I would like to see them pick a lane here. And maybe that's why I'm faster towards the eject button where I'm just like, Nope, those guys can't do it. Let's see if Ross and Rice can. Which, I, I, Rice looks like he could be a dude. And I would like to see that a little more, someone with a little more juice. Also, throw the ball to Isaiah Pacheco a little more. Yeah, I mean, and also, in the Jared McKinnon played 20 snaps and just was, was not a part of the offense. It's another kind of just like weird little wrinkle of things feeling, like you said, like another preseason game. Like for me, there were there were so many moments where I it's a very different situation, but I it, it felt like flashbacks to the Buck Super Bowl where it was just like oh Mahomes just hit a dude in the face mask and uh, still Darrell Williams couldn't bring it in oh right. he just teleported a ball into the hands of Kadarius Tony and now it's <laughs> now it's pick six those types of of plays are so frustrating because again it, you're doing most of the things right and then it it all flips away there I am I am still. I'm feeling good about the offensive line as a unit. Sure. When you mentioned Mahomes looking uncomfy, it it felt at times, and there are a couple of clean pockets I haven't gone through. I, I've I've rewatched some clips, some of the stuff that Nate tweeted out, but I you know I got home at two thirty last night, and then sure, uh, I haven't I haven't gone all the way back through the film. Everybody, sorry, but it, it it felt like there were a couple of of solid pockets that Mahomes bailed out of that may have, with the clock in his head, calibrated for the last couple of years, and this isn't just straight Orlando Brown slander, I, I think he's fine. I think he probably got a little overhated because of all the accentuating circumstances of all of that. But if the clock in his head has been sped up over the last couple of years, right. it's going to take some time for Donovan Smith and Juwan Taylor to like earn that trust of, hey man, slow down that little egg timer, 
give yourself a breath to go ahead and take one more one more progression or whatever it is before you have to create on your own. Right. I'd love to see that iteration of Mahomes, but I also don't blame him for week one still having a little some. Calling it happy feet is not quite fair. But having some moments where it's like, man, he's moving a lot in there. He's, he looks like he's already working on plan C when the offensive line has not forced him there yet. This is this game, the negative aspects of this game, like 2% might belong to Mahomes, and, and that might be high. But it, it is something that I'm hopeful for because I think the upside there is is really, really high. And that's a really, really interesting observation and one that I'm curious about when I chart Mahomes' snaps, which, you know, we're back to the regular season. I get this chart every snap, and that includes happy feet snaps because I do remember, and this is just anecdotal, and this is why you got to chart it, right? I do remember the very first drive, it was <laughs> someone just posted the comments, Jawan was playing slot wide receiver. <laughs> that's really funny. It is. That's legitimately funny. Um, So, uh, Tucker, delete that comment before the NFL season. <laughs> So I um I I I it was like the second or third snap maybe it was even the first time he dropped back I remember watching and the first thing I thought was that is some gorgeous protection and Mahomes ended up leaving the pocket I remember thinking he didn't need to leave the pocket that was pressure he created and if Taylor is what they think he is and what I think he might be especially they will need to they'll need to calibrate that they'll need to understand no, no, I'm actually making it worse by rolling right where I should just settle down in the pocket. So I I, I can actually see where you're coming from because, like you said, it, that's not saying that Mahomes is to blame for the loss. Hmm. That's saying you can tell the entire team looked like they need – it looked like they needed another two weeks of training camp or something. I don't know if Andy knows exactly what everyone's role is yet, if that, if that makes sense. And that's like, I think you see that in the receiver and running back snap count. And like, so it's just, it's a little disjointed. And that is, that looks more like a preseason game snap count other than the offensive line and Noah Gray. Yeah, that's a great call. You're 100% right. The the, Nobody, uh, only the O-line, Mahomes, and Gray played more than 70% of the snaps. That's weird, right? That is weird. Like, so they got to figure that out and, and, I'm curious what next week looks like. I and this could all be stuff that this time, not next week because this time next week will be Friday. But they've got a little extra, a few extra days, and Mahomes and Reed were both not happy. And I think it's going to be some really unpleasant practices. And Travis Kelsey was irate on the sideline, which was fun to watch. You could see, like he was seething, like just like you could see him, just like. Oh, just like, <laughs> just so upset, um, especially on a couple of those third downs late. You could just see him just like, I, I would, no, that's fine. That's cool. Whatever. They just play his own. If he could have gone to the locker room, suited up and come back out, like I think he would have Peyton Manninged Brock Osweiler. Like that scene there, but hey, no, I appreciate you getting me through the first yep. three quarters. I will take it from here. Yep. And that real, real quick on this, since we're talking about Kelsey, because I, I think the answer is not a very encouraging one, honestly which is how many of the problems we've talked about so far get better or or disappear if Travis Kelsey plays. Because this is the unpleasant thing. I don't know what your answer is going to be, but I'm thinking about mine, and I don't know if I like my answer. I think if Travis Kelsey plays, that knocks down the snaps for Gray by necessity, but I think you see them doing more of the stuff they did last year and stuff that they're maybe still a little more comfortable with 
as they roll into this new iteration of the offense. So I think it takes care of a fair amount of it. Here's how I'll say it. I don't think it takes care of the stuff that we're concerned about, but I think we don't notice it because yeah. no one notices Sky Moore and Kadarius Tony running a route in the same area when Travis Kelsey's catching a ball and going 20 yards. No one's like the drops and stuff. Those drops probably don't exist, at least a few of them, because they're not getting those same targets. Um, and that's where the, that's the funny thing is the things that concern me aren't the things that affected the game nearly as much as the things that don't. The drops, man, that was, if I don't hear some, you know, really inspirational story about Tony and Moore, especially spending extra time on the jugs machines, I'm going to be a little upset because that was awful, man. And that was, and and again, I hope Tony bounces back because this could be like a career defining thing. Yes, absolutely. That could be, that was, it was legitimately horrendous. And this was supposed to be like your coming out party and all that. Like, and it was horrendous. And that, we're talking about a guy, what is he, 23, 24? It's a young guy. Good, good question. I always assume he's older than that just because it's not his first team, but that's obviously unfair. Yeah, I mean, he's, this is a young guy, so I, my hope is this doesn't get too much of that. Getting booed by Arrowhead fans, which, by the way, nah, nah, it was pretty warranted. That third drive, by the time you get to that drive, although I will say, I get booing, you've got every right to boo. I don't know if it helps. That's, that's my take every time. <laughs> hey, look, man. I, we can talk about uh, from a taste perspective, but I don't think it's helping. Yeah. Um, what might help, Seth, I'm going to give you a little runway. What might help is if you maybe had some uh, good bets on DraftKings from our friends over there. I'll let you tell everybody about them in just one second. 24 years old for Kadarius Tony. He turns 25 in January. And to answer my own question that I, I posed to you, I, I think I think you got it, of the Chiefs win this game if Travis Kelsey plays. Oh, obviously. Yeah. Barring... barring cataclysmic stuff yes that's the other thing they were missing two of the best 10 players in the nfl well, 10 to the 15 best players in the nfl according to nfl players two of the best 10 the top 10 yeah they, they so you know what? let's say let's leave out quarterbacks you were missing two of the best 10 players in the nfl and you took a team that's a pretty decent team to the limit despite so many drops yay moral victories but that doesn't count does that count? I do have a question for you, though, Josh. I'd love to answer it. Can you believe we've had seven months without an NFL game? I believe yeah. it's been seven months in one day. <laughs> there wasn't one last night. Well, that is crazy, but it's actually a little factually incorrect. But until last night, it had been seven months, and it's a good thing that's over, and the NFL is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is giving you a canvas offer for week one. This week, new customers can get $200 in bonus bets instantly when you bet just five bucks on any NFL game. I, I, I've said this before. This is five dollars. 200. Imagine I'm holding a crate of pens right here. That's what you're looking at. DraftKings is hooking everyone up with game day greatness. All customers can take advantage of two new offers every single day this September. Check the app to see what you can get. Download now and use code KCSN to sign up. New customers can take home $200 in bonus bets instantly. Just for betting five bucks. That's code KCSN only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. The crown is yours. If you have a gambling problem, call 1 800 Gambler or visit www.1800Gambler.net. In New York, call 877 8 
Hope NY or text Hope NY 467-369 in Connecticut. Help is available for, for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility. Terms of responsible gaming resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. But more importantly, you can get $200 in bonus bets instantly. If you bet five bucks, find me anywhere else where you say, here, here's five dollars. And they say, man, that's great. Here's $200. Wherever that place is, I want to go there. Uh, I think it might be sitting between both Katz brothers uh, in a uh, suite at Arrowhead. That might be the only other place you can get a deal anything like that. Um, I We can decide exactly how long we want to talk about this, Seth. I got really angry in the wee hours of postgame last night um, and just got really frustrated with, as was described by uh, MC Reach on Twitter, where he wrote, and you're sitting there in street clothes wedged between two Home Alone 3 villains. I... Here's, you know what, I'm, let, I'll play fullback, Seth. You can follow me on this one as much as you want, or you can just let me eat this block, and it's fine with me. Because at this point, I don't think the Cats brothers are going to work for me at any point on both of our behalves. If you're an agent, I feel like there are two predominant parts of your job that you need to manage. Your client's contractual status and things like PR, image, public relations, charity, press conferences outside of a charity, uh, you know, just kind of the normal stuff that everybody does. Last night, what happened is that they cut to Chris Jones in pregame, who is sitting with his knees up to his chest in this suite, not next to both Cats brothers or with both of them in the suite or whatever, literally bookended by them, genuinely bookended. Which just is a, it's all of, there's just a bad energy to all of this that I can't quite put my finger on, but the closer I get to it, the less I like it. What happened last night is that he showed up to the game and and we this is a pro Chris Jones show and always has been and this is a pay the players show and always has been. Yep. But Chris Jones was in a suite while Travis Kelsey was on the sidelines going through it. The towel over his head late in the game was not because of his smiling face because he was worried that people were going to be too excited to see his mustache. <laughs> That's because the dude was furious. Not any I don't know if it was at anybody or just being Furious of football, a silly sport where the ball isn't around. Yep. Chris Jones voluntarily paid a million dollars to go sit in that suite between the two Cats brothers. Sit there wearing a blue hat, which is kind of a weird choice. Probably not on purpose, but I don't know. Kind of weird. Sitting there between those two, watching the defense be completely passable while the vibes at Arrowhead just got worse and worse and worse and worse. I don't necessarily agree that a contract negotiation in the NFL is just like asking your boss for a raise at your job, random person. But one place where it might be similar is I wouldn't go ask for a raise the day after your company just had a horrible, horrible day at the office when they could have really used you and a lot of other people didn't step up. And when you were at the office at your cubicle with your arms folded, sitting between your agents. I don't think I don't think that's a great negotiation tactic, and I think it's just another blunder still from from a couple of guys that maybe maybe they have a masterful understanding of the finances and NFL contracts and all that. I think if they did, there'd be a contract by now, but they certainly don't know what to do in terms of having the chief having Chiefs Kingdom 
not turn against, at worst, the third most important player in this dynasty. That's crazy. A complete bag fumble. Yeah. Doing what I do, you you um, initially are, and then later on you see attorneys that are in over their head. And there's a difference between doing things just to do things and doing things that maybe your client thinks is a terrific idea and lawyering. Those are two very different things. And you can separate good attorneys from poor attorneys based on whether or not they do things differently than, I don't know, an attorney you might see on TV would do. I am not going to say much more beyond that. I do not know these individuals personally. I don't know them professionally. I am not a sports agent. Here's what I do know. I know math. I know numbers. I also understand that sometimes representing a client means telling them things they don't like to hear and telling them what's in their best interest, not what they'd like. And right now, we've got one game down the hatch. We talked about all the numbers last week. I'm not going to do that again. We got one game down the hatch. With every game that goes by, Chris Jones's franchise tag next year shrinks. As do, do, do his chances of hitting his sack incentive, as do all these other things. In, and what also happens is it matters less what the team's offer is because you are losing $1.2 million every game. And so, well, well, the team caved and they offered me an extra million dollars. Who bleeping cares? You missed the money. You you missed out. And that is where there's got to be a balance there in saying, hey, they are not bending. We got to do something. And maybe, the, I mean, like, you know, Chris, I heard the sideline report where Chris told the, the, the NBC, not close enough. We've had no contact for a week and a half. This this whole weekend, I've decided from, hey, appreciate you doing charity. That's awesome. That's great. The fact that you had a press conference beforehand, if someone were cynical, they could have a take on that. I personally am glad to hear where, where Chris is coming from in these things. You know, I'm going to call Chris like I know the guy. I don't. And I'm sure he doesn't care what I think because, you know, opinions are like buttholes. But... Just because everyone has opinions doesn't mean that all opinions are equal. And some things are not opinions, like math and numbers. Those are not opinions. Those are facts. And buttholes. So, not actually an opinion. <laughs> so I just, the optics, everything that happened from, I don't know, let's say approximately Wednesday to late last night, feels like something that you... It's like something, it reminds me of when a young attorney files a motion that is meritless on its face, but they're, uh, they're telling the client, I'm going to pound the table for you. I'm going to yell up and down the courtroom. The difference is, in the courtroom, you have judges who usually say things like, Mr. Smith, do you want to tell me why you filed this motion? And why? And like, and anytime a judge says something like in the vein of, there's one judge I appear in front of a lot, always says, I, I saw your filings and I'm curious. And anytime that starts, I'm like, oh, no. And then the harder the attorney fights, the worse they get destroyed. And that's always kind of funny to watch, honestly. And that's, I feel like you're watching someone do things that they think people should think would move the needle. But in the real world, I don't see why those things would move the needle. 
I, I do understand sitting out the one game. Show them you're willing to go to the distance. Threaten to do it and see if you get an offer afterwards. And when you don't, well, crud, man, we tried. Otherwise, you are chasing, quote-unquote, good money with bad money. We can change the subject on our pivot now as we welcome in award-winning beat reporter Nathaniel Taylor. Nate Taylor joins us back here again in Only Weird Games, and I assume there's no, there's no hardware behind you yet? You don't have a shelf for it like an Emmy or anything yet? Nate, what's going on here, man? Uh, wow. Uh, hello. Hello, everybody. Let's pull that microphone about six inches further yep. from your mouth, and then yeah, great. Just, Love it. Yeah, yeah that's Word great. Journalist Nate Taylor, what to do? No, no, you're 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 good. Uh, hello. Award-winning beat reporter featuring Nate Taylor and also some other guys. I love it. That's so why I met you, man. Hello. Hello. Hello, friends. Hello. Uh, um, yeah, it's, you know, uh, I'm so glad we, we got the design right for the show <laughs> so that Josh could tweet it out immediately <laughs> in the middle of the game. <laughs> Incredible branding, sir. Incredible marketing. Uh, thank you, Tucker Franklin. We made yes, thank you, Tucker. Um, you know, Seth, we don't need to we don't need to go any further. Is this is all I'm trying to say. We don't need to go any further. All I ask is that nobody do anything on Sunday. You know what? Chris, go back to Miami. Get back to your training. See you on Monday. What what the Katz brothers and Clark Hunt and Andy Reid and Brent Beach. And Mike Berganzi, you know what they not going to do? They not going to mess up my red zone. No, they not. No, they are not. Don't you don't you even pick up the phone. Don't you even call. Um, Now, I was the, I believe I was the first person to report last night that Chris Jones entered the stadium with like 30 minutes before kickoff. And gotta say, bold strategy, Cotton. Bold. <laughs> I thought you guys were going to talk before the game. 30 minutes before kickoff is, I'll be okay, you know? Um, now, did I say in the last episode it was time for Chris to talk? Does everybody remember that? I remember that. Everybody remember that? Like, I remember I, that. I feel I like was, that was six months ago, Nate. I feel like, you know, when I as a reporter I was kind of at my wicks end. And and then you know, I might have I might have floated that out there because I knew someone was gonna be a Ronald McDonald else on a Wednesday. And I gotta say it's a great saga. We we've reached we've reached we've reached classic saga. Guys he he was the most wonderful man for 90 minutes trying to brighten the lives of children with difficult medical conditions and their families and their parents signed anything he was holding babies like he was holding the lombardi trophy in february selfies i mean just anything you want you got it you want another big mac here and then he said I want a race <laughs> I'm sorry this isn't peanut butter and jelly 
wait, Chris, we already know that. Like, you talking? Because it's <laughs> so what? So if they said we have five minutes, I'm going to push it to seven. You know me, Josh. I heard I will, you. I will blow right through that thing. <laughs> Exactly right. As this show proves every week, twice a week, we prove that. And you are, you are that that award-winning beat reporter hat was on your head. <laughs> so I asked Chris, "Hey, if a deal happens, how soon you gotta be back?" No, and I already knew what the answer was. <laughs> and the Cats brothers were like, "We we did them right. We prepped them. We prepped them right." <laughs> Now, why don't you go out here and make these kids happy? I will be there if if we if a deal were to somehow get done, I would be in uniform tomorrow. And I looked at this man and said, I love you. I love you because I know in God's world that is not happening. <laughs> I love you because that ain't happening. So, in the most weird twists and turns of a season opener, we found out that Travis Kelsey's more valuable. Yeah. I don't know if you guys have talked about that. Cause we have. We have. I'd love Hey, Nate, I, I'd love to hear your thoughts on the football game that happened yesterday. Okay. Just go off, Cam. I just, I I, I, I mean, I, I, yeah, obviously I was doing uh, my usual four to five segment with, with, with Carrington, uh, 610 Sports, uh, again, why did they start the season on Thursday? Yeah. I mean, it ruins everything. Through all it, of our timing, it ruins every timing. It yeah, it ruins everything until I see that countdown on my screen, and I'm a God. cry. I'm a cry, <laughs> Sam. I'm a cry. I'm a cry when it says 13, 12, 11. I, a single tears gonna come down my eye. <laughs> Commercial free football. It's gonna, awesome. it's gonna be so great. So. I just, I just couldn't believe that this is where we were gonna be. Um, that Travis Kelsey, I'll do it. That Travis Kelsey, who probably knew he wasn't playing on Tuesday, and probably knew that Thursday morning, was like. I got to see it all the way through. I got to try. I really got to try. I'm a, I am a six, six freak of nature and I'm going to lean over Rick Bolkholder. Are you sure? Are you sure? You sure you want, you sure you don't want me to play? You sure? Okay. I'm a try. I'm a, I'm a, this man sat in a t-shirt on the sidelines with a towel and came out cleaner on the other side. I don't know how. I don't know how, guys. This The game was not supposed to be about Travis Kelsey. It was not. But if anybody understands the reference, this man came out cleaner on the other side than I didn't ever see. <laughs> and so this is not his... You know, this was not his intentions, obviously. But he kind of stole Chris's show within the show. And then the Chiefs were like, I mean, in any other situation, we'd have to sit Kadarius down. But well, Travis isn't out there. 
man, can we just, can you just run some, you're running great routes. It's that other thing. <laughs> you're running great routes. Elite routes. Your other thing. You're, you're, you're doing, you're doing an amazing job getting but, open when no other, one else did. Other, other than that, how was the play, Mrs. Lincoln? <laughs> and I will say, Kandarius looked looked a little perturbed after the game, and and uh, was nowhere to be found in the locker room. You guys did try to throw him a towel or anything? No, no, I didn't, didn't get a, didn't get an opportunity there, Seth. Just sneeze on him, see if he could catch a cold. I did. I just, I just didn't, get, just didn't get it. Just didn't get a chance to say, "Hey, man, training camp. How that? How that go? How, training how, camp. How it that, matters. Yeah. Like, hey, I said on the radio, you should be out here. Why were you out here? Like, so it's so it's so." Like, I wish I could have written more, but it was just so obvious last night that, like, I have to write about the drops. Because I first thought that I was going to write, like, the whole, like, how, again, how weird the, the, the whole environment was for this game. The fact that the Chiefs usually have the most buttoned up, coordinated, we are going to efficiently just walk you across the field on opening day. I mean, just ask the Arizona Cardinals. Just ask the Jaguars. The Jaguars were like, ah, we'll be fine. They scored 40 on the Jaguars, who had legit talent. And also, Tyreek Hill got hurt in that game, and they still scored 40. So, it's unlike any other season opening game I've ever been a part of. And also, it's like, your number one wide receiver didn't have training camp. Your Hall of Fame All-Pro tight end got hurt at the most inopportune time, the last practice before the season opening game, so you have no chance to adjust. Also, coaching staff could not adjust at all on offense. The offensive adjustments were not great. Uh, You didn't have your best defensive player on the field who was in the stadium because he just wanted to – be there because he wanted NBC's cameras to get him and his agents doing a thing. <laughs> and and the Luke last school they locked arms doing a thing. They're just and, doing a and, thing. And again, we will reiterate: nobody. There are very few people on planet Earth that are more pro player getting theirs than than the people than us. Yes, and like, we love Chris Jones here. I think Chris Jones. Belongs in the you, Hall of Fame. I mean, you, like, you can't ask for a raise in front of Ronald McDonald House, sir. <laughs> you just can't. Yeah, I'll get to the kids in a minute. But it's, it's great being her, but no. No, baby. <laughs> you shouldn't ask for you shouldn't ask for a raise in front of a nonprofit. Is that what you're telling me? <laughs> I have to adjust my, my neck demands accordingly. <laughs> I Look, look, just say, look, I'm I'm ready. I'm ready to come back for the season. Like, I'm so happy to be here. Like, this I'm obligated to do this. I told him I would be here. I'm gonna be here. Y'all gonna y'all gonna y'all gonna see how great of a guy I am. And I already know how great of a guy you are, Chris, but also come on. You can't ask for 30 million publicly in front of a 
Sorry. <laughs> and also, the last thing that I'll say about this game that has nothing to do with like the X's and O's and the, the scheme and the drop passes. Guys, I'm going to say this because it's the only place I'm going to say this. Um, and I, I wanted to save this thought for this show because obviously we love you all. And we know that this is our first game recap episode on Only Weird Games. The entire team was off yesterday. And, and I will tell you why. They went against their own... The team went against their own humanistic feelings. You can't tell me, and I would have written about this if Kadarius Tony didn't drop so many passes. Um, so many unbelievably game-altering passes. Yeah. <laughs> like, he could have dropped passes on any of the bigger <laughs> plays but the ones he did, and it would have hurt less. Like, it's like someone commented on Twitter. I'm sorry, I have to. Someone said, oh, God. I would think Kadarius Tony was point-shaving, but it would be so obvious. Like, no one would point-shave this obviously. And I was like, oh my goodness, they're right. <laughs> Calvin Ridley's like, yo. <laughs> oh, I'm right here by the 50-yard line to maybe put us in fourth and short where we can maybe go for it. But I'm going to just kind of volleyball this to that dude in blue right there. Oh, Mahomes throws a dart on first. I. It was the perfect. By the way, by the, the perfect way, play call. The perfect play call. Perfect play call. Andy still got his juice. Don't don't get me wrong. Just on a side note, I need to explain this to people. Yes, Tony had to reach somewhat behind him. Part of that is he didn't slow down enough. He started to slow. Correct. You you when you look at it from the all twenty two angle, the Madden camp, what you see there is is defenders at various levels of the field. If Mahomes, because oh, you should have led him. If you lead him, the underneath defender picks that off. If you better, you have to loft it over him, and then the, then the defender on the other side of the field on the boundary comes in and takes his head off and eats it. <laughs> those are those. Are, that's what this was. I was waiting. That's what I was waiting for. Yeah. The decapitation ball. You you have to put the ball in a spot, and and that's why you'll see receivers reaching forth and back and kind of side to side, and like that. That's why you see that against zone coverage specifically. When Sky Moore dropped the pass on second and two that he had reached behind him, it's because Mahomes was placing it there because his defender was in front of him. Correct. Decapitated him if he put right. it in front of him. That was a perfectly placed pass. And he just dropped. Well, he tried to basket it. It's like, dude, this right here. And I'm sorry, fans that can't, you know, people that are, you know, listening. I am making, the, see this? This looks <laughs> a diamond. The, the way that you diamond down the page. I taught my sons that when they were like six. <laughs> anyway, sorry, he, Nate, you were saying something. He hasn't practiced in a month, man. Right. I mean, that's the You were saying they went against their human feelings because I'm curious about this. Because did they, didn't the Chiefs not go out during the banner ceremony? Yes. What are you doing? I'm sorry. It's a sport where the only thing y'all supposed to care about is championships. What? Y'all. Like. Like. Again, I only save this for here. And let me explain for a few minutes. If you not gonna stunt now, when y'all gonna stunt? I'm like, yes. And Shane is correct. They also miss the enemy's ability to refocus guys in the middle of a game to get them to be mentally focused and sharp. 
he would have cursed Kadarius Tony to the moon. Yeah, that's like <laughs> to the air above the sidelines. To the moon and back. Okay, he would have cursed this man so much. Oh it my god. Curse on him. It would have <laughs> But the entire like I was kind of like like, like, I'm t- guys. I'm holding my recorder, asking you guys questions. Going, mean, oh, this is sickening. <laughs> well, you know, Nate, as Justin Watson told me, that was last year. That's last year. I ain't worried about that. You know, we gotta. We, nobody cares about what we did last year. That is in. That is antithetical to why you played a football game tonight. Y'all playing a football game tonight because y'all are the champions. You're supposed to accept. In, this is just me personally, like kind of me personally, but also through a reporter's lens. You're supposed to cherish that opportunity. You're supposed to want people to come to you because of what you did last season. You're on top of the mountain. And I think the entire team was off psychologically because they told themselves over and over and over again that like none of this matters well the lions think it matters the lion the lions think it matters a lot like people should read colton pouncey's story um our our beat writer for the detroit lions from the athletic like you should read like that was their super bowl on september 7th (laughs) okay on september 7th they were hyped, okay? They get to watch. They get to watch that banner drop, right? They're like, "That's what I want, right here." Exactly. The Bills have She's a banner in their facilities that they didn't earn. They have a big Lombardi <laughs> trophy up there just to remind themselves, right? <laughs> I mean, what are we doing, guys? Guys, I, it was one of the weirdest things. Again, covering this team for as long as I did, where as long as I've had, where I was just like, "This is kind of against everything y'all have been." So it's such an out-of-character experience. Like, if, if Justin Reed looks me in the eye and says, Nate, I wasn't thinking about Chris Jones, I believe him because I'm trying to blitz the hell out of Jared Goff every third down, okay? Like, I, I, I understand it, but not about this. No. Why, why, why would you even want to play on this night? Play with all the other teams on Sunday if that's how you feel. But that's not the case. That's not reality. The reality is you're the number one team in the league based on what you did last year. And you shouldn't be telling yourselves, well, that doesn't matter. We, we, what we have to do is about today. And I'm like, but that's not true. It's just humanistically, you can't, it's very hard to separate yourselves from that. So they got off to a slow start. They're out of sync for much of the game. Mahomes is trying to rally guys, but no one's sort of rising with him to the occasion. And that's part of what Kelsey does too. Right. Like that's it's those two. And they gotta find a dude on offense, but it can't be Kadarius Tony, because he's, you know, not catching the ball and hasn't practiced with the team for months. It can't be MVS because that's not really MVS's role. We just right. talked about this. Right. He he gets four or five targets a game because he's a deep target. And, man, that dude, was he as mad in the locker room after the game as he looked walking towards the locker room? Uh, I did not see him either. <laughs> so. Well, Watson and Rice were the only re- – were Watson, Rice, any other receivers out there? 
Uh, I know those two were. Athletes. Yeah, yeah, I was there for for their for their conversations. Um, Sky Moore, I saw him, oh, and then he stopped wanting to see me. Uh, which again, I mean, to each their own. That's you know, um, so basically, you could say like Sky Moore declined to talk to us, and I think he probably felt like he didn't have a good game. So fine. Um, yeah, you know, I don't. But it's just, I just thought they approached last night the wrong way. I really did. And I wonder if this will linger. How much of this game will linger for September? And I understand what coaches are like, you can't win a championship in week one, but you can miss the playoffs in week one. Like what you do in week one can be a disruption towards what you're ultimately trying to achieve. And this team feels very, I won't say fractured, but they're just in a very unusual place where the quarterback thought he could trust a receiver and now has to rebuild that trust with that receiver. The tight end is basically forced to play in week two because he is that valuable, whether he's fully healthy or not. And who the hell knows when Chris is coming back? How many blitzes can Steve Spagnuolo run for four weeks? They're in a very odd place. And last night, they didn't meet They didn't meet the moment. And it's just so unusual for them. Because the Lions have been working for months for one night. Yep. And you guys were telling yourselves, this is game one of a random season like it's a video game and it's it's not because the other team and every team this season is still going to look at you the same way the Lions did so to separate yourself from what you did in the previous year when they didn't do any of that in 2020 in 2020 they thrived on the idea that like yeah we're gonna back was the motto yes we're going to turn it on and smoke you guys for a quarter. And maybe that was, maybe that, like, you're seeing, like, an overcompensation for that. And it's just, it, it, one thing, and I don't, I don't think you were around yet, one thing Josh and I talked about, when you look at the snap counts of the game, other, like, especially on the offensive side of the ball, although Jalen Watson didn't play a single snap on defense. Yeah, very weird. Joshua Williams, clearly the third corner yesterday. Yeah, yeah, which, I mean, good for Williams and stuff, but that's that's weird. There had to have been plays where there were four corners on the field. And for one to not be Watson is weird. But if you look at the snap counts also on offense, you have, you know, Patrick Mahomes and the offensive line, and then Noah Gray, and no one else played even 70% of the snaps. They had multiple receivers play, like, between 15 to 25 snaps. They had Sky Moore play almost 70% of the snaps. It looked like a preseason game in terms of snap count in some ways, like almost like the third or fourth preseason game. It was just weird. And that, I like I like the idea. Oh, I don't like the idea. It, it, it's somewhat terrifying. <laughs> like that they were just, they were just off. And like you said, fractured, I don't think is the right word. They, they're, 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 
everyone knows disjointed. We said disjointed earlier, right? Ooh, yes. Ooh, like not quite agreed. Very, fractured is yes. broken. Yes, very good word. Agreed. Yes, yes. It's like conflict within the team. Everyone on the team knows the hierarchy here, and no one even bothers to question it. Although, I mean, on the defensive side of the ball, I think it's a little rough without Jones. Um, because, like, if you want Justin Reed to take on leadership on the back end, he's got to, like, finish tackles, you know? And that's what you do on the field matters. But, like, in just weird stuff here, like, in terms of the snap count. And then, like, on defense, Drew Tranquil, when he came onto the field, played well. Him and him and Willie Gay Jr. on a couple of really important snaps played the nickel together and had good coverage. And then you look at the end of the – it's like, oh, well, they must have tried that a few more times. 13 snaps. Like, they, it just doesn't seem like they – Do they know who they are? Do they know who they are? I don't think they do. And I think this is where with Jones – and Kelsey simultaneously, along with a few of the other things that have gone on the offseason, which happens, you lose you lose your offensive coordinator, you, your coaching staff gets a little bit gutted at, in some places, and I think it, it really is like, oh man, this is a great, oh my goodness, uh, Michael Donegan, I, may, I, I hope I'm saying your name right, this is a great comment here, missing middle class leadership, hmm. I love that quote. Because you do need you need middle management. You need that. You can't just have Patrick Mahomes and then everyone else. And like and, and with Kelsey, obviously he's not middle management, but he is also the guy that he's with every single person and doing that. And so you need to find that. And it just it felt like the fourth preseason game. And so I, that that it gives me hope in some ways where it's like, okay, Andy Reid's been doing this a million years. He's gonna be the same guy again. But I'm I'm glad to know that the vibes kind of matched the snap count check and, like, wide receivers running into each other. Like, this isn't Greg Roman's offense. This is, like, this is Andy Reid. Like, it's all precise. And, honestly, that's why Justin Watson gets, that's why he gets snaps. Because did you see Justin Watson run into anyone? I didn't see Justin Watson run into anyone. And he caught the ball when it was thrown to him. Problem is, dude can't separate. So, like, they don't know who Which they isn't are. isn't a problem if you slow down in front of a defensive back. <laughs> that's quite accurate. But it really is. It's an interesting, interesting thing. They, they, I, It's like they have what they want to be. They really want Tony to be a big part of this offense. I don't know if he can do it. They want Sky Moore to be a big part of the offense. I don't know if he can do it. They want to bring in Rice and, and Ross slowly. Maybe they shouldn't. Because she Rice gets the ball. Which, just on a side note, has anyone ever focused more on a ball coming right towards their hands than Rasheed Rice did in the end zone. Like, you could see his whole life essence <laughs> channeled into his hands. And Mahomes took, like, 10 miles per hour off that ball. Huh? You saw him. He's like, oh, I got him. Oh, that's right, There you go, buddy. And it was every muscle in his body all clenching. It's yes. like his quads were clenched to catch that ball. And I that don't know dude, if that was necessary, but he got you it. You could have blasted a fire hose through that guy's mouth, and it would not have come out his rear. Because he had every muscle clenched. Letting that ball come to him. But my hope is you could almost, when he caught that, you could almost see him just like, whoa. And then later on, he gets, he gets the ball at the sideline. He's got some juice, but I think they have a plan and who they want to be. And I don't know if who they want to be matches up with who they have. And Andy Reid and Steve Spagnuolo, good, excellent coaches. Andy Reid Hall of Fame, Steve Spagnuolo, underrated schemer. But they, at times, can get a little set and, well, this is the plan. And that'll be interesting to see next week. Like, does the plan get a little bit adjusted? Um, 
Because it just, it has to be. You can't just count on Travis Kelsey to fix all of those things. Two things for me. One, that's genuinely, and Seth, you got you got your hand on the ball at the end, so I'm not going to get to just say it was Nate, which is what I would prefer. But Nate, that is one of my favorite zoom out big picture looks at what went wrong in a game that I think we have ever talked about in the history of not just this show, but also the old one of the the not not even not even a conspiracy theory, just putting the pieces together of like, yeah. hey, you guys were pretending this game wasn't gonna matter to you. It mattered to the Lions a lot. Oh, yeah. And then that sort of coinciding with a little bit of an identity crisis, perhaps, I think is I, I hope that is something that that people listening now will take with them through the next several weeks of the season and keep that in mind because I think it's fascinating to contrast the message last night to the message of the run it back year. Yes. Which also which fell short, but got pretty, pretty dang close. close. Right. So I think that's fascinating. And also, as we're, you know, barreling towards the hour 15-minute mark here, uh, we will have another show on Monday. Um, we're going to go right back into our Monday-Thursday schedule. So what that will allow us to do on Monday is Seth's going to get to chart anything he wants to chart. We're going to get more time to go through all this stuff over the weekend. And because, like, Nate, I really I, I am dying to know what the bird's eye view looked like of the receivers just from you in person as you were saying, looking to see Mahomes has some time. Where is the ball going to go? Um, yeah, I'd I'd take even I'd take a little taste of what you saw there at least, just because the the two things I wanted to know were the the vibe of everything, and you knocked that out of the park, and what the receivers were looking like in separation. Um, but we'll we'll have more time to dig more into the X's and O's and nitty gritty on Monday. What what were you seeing as everything was disjointed and weird from the receivers? Was anybody getting open, or was it just Kadarius Tony who was having trouble with, as you said, the other thing? It's interesting that one of their pivots to start, I think the final drive was, hey, let's get Ross, let's get Ross a touch. Like, let's try something. Like, let's get Justin Ross a touch. So it's his first game. I want to see more in week two, even with the seven receivers, Kelsey coming back situation. Um, I was told Sky Moore had wiggled. Seth, I don't know if we're going to see a lot of wiggle on the tape because when he was open, it was because Mahomes allowed him to get open and face, you know, a lot of times on that secondary extension of the play category. Uh, the hands, obviously those need to be worked on. Um, I think people during the, or shortly after the game was like, well, that fourth and 25 play, that that's, you know, that's that's a hail mary. That's a throw up for grabs. No, guys, he's his hands touched the ball. It's and that was that was that he he made a poor play on the ball. He could have he he didn't have to be in a position to have to jump for it. He 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 started to so let's say you're heading up the field right mm-hmm. towards where the ball is. He 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 for one he slowed down and then he flattened out as though he was going to participate in the jump ball with Watson and then he unflattened it. And that, those little things, being able to track the ball deep like that, I think, let me put it this way, I think if that's MVS running across the field right there, I think he hauls that in. Mm. He tracks the ball really well down the field. Yeah. That, that, was, that was rough. I have been a Sky Moore whatever. I'm not ready to throw in the towel. It's just one bad game. It's just yeah, one bad game. game. But he, he didn't, he didn't cr- dude, he did last year. He didn't create, he didn't separate like a guy who needs to separate being a slot receiver without Travis Kelsey. Yes. So that's that's a big thing I saw in the live twenty two, Josh. Um, but yeah, I mean, 
we'll we'll have plenty to talk about on Monday. Uh, who knows? Maybe Chris Jones will give us an update. Don't do it on Sunday, Chris. Look at me. Look at me. Don't do anything on Sunday. Please give me my football. Please give me my my free football. You couch. leave our commercial free football alone. You leave our red zone alone. In the meantime, if you uh, if you do want to experience some more of the things that went wrong in this game, uh, you can uh, grab Nate's work up at theathletic.com, Seth Kaiser at the Chief in the North newsletter, mnchiefsfan.substack.com, and uh, check out their work there. I'm going to read over the weekend. You can read and watch football. That's fine. Just hopefully you're not reading about, you know, breaking news from a contract perspective. We need our red zone. We, we all, Kansas City needs red zone on Sunday. Uh, and uh, you can follow all of us across socials at JB Briscoe, at by Nate Taylor, at Real MN Chiefs Fan. And we'll be back to do this again on Monday with uh, a little more time to, to dissect what exactly went wrong and to figure out, um, you know, maybe there's like a Salvation Army or something that would like to host a press conference that we could all go to. Maybe that's... Maybe that's next. Anything else, guys? So to hear if one of us says so, influence our career. This man said the salvation army. <laughs> I mean, shout out to them. A wonderful organization. Donated many of things in my time. And yeah, you know, I I don't have an inkling to 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 come out, you know, and just be like, look, that's a question for Clark Hunt. I, I kinda wanna go to a family member's gathering and just be like, that's a question for Clark Hunt. You should <laughs> you should ask that. To Clark Hunt, like, hey, hey, babe, when, when are we gonna go on our next date? That's a question for Clark Hunt. <laughs> this is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.